This is Hypernasality Season 2, a podcast about speech therapy and pop culture. I'm Dr. Anthony Drew. And I'm Karen with a C, and we're covering all topics about speech, language, and swallowing, and everything else. And everything else. And actually everything else. (laughs) Literally (laughs) everything else. In this episode, we're doing our Season 2 launch party. We're going to preview what's to come. We have a nice bit of what are we watching slash listening to because podcasts are the new everything. I think they're the new books. And of course, we are both just back from the American Speech Language Hearing Association annual convention. We will debrief you on that. And remember, everybody, this is not (laughs) evidence-based. It's just for fun slash you'll learn maybe one or two things. We We still know what we're talking about. Yeah. Hi, Karen. Hi. Oh, come on, Karen. This is the launch episode of season two. Is that Sorry. all you got I for just, me? I was closing the, oh. the got it window. On my okay. Screen. I was paying attention. Let's try it again. Hi, okay. Karen. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How is How your? You? I'm good. I'm good. How's your hypernasality hiatus been? Oh, I've missed this. I have. I've missed it mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I've missed it too. I have to say season one. Well, we got, I got a lot of stuff I got to tell you, but season one, the backdrop of season one was this whole year of isolation. Mm-hmm. And this was something I look forward to. And mm-hmm. I know it was just for us to launch, but I got a lot of people that reach out to me saying like, when season two coming and feedback. I, so I want to do some shout outs. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a message from my friend Kendra. Mm-hmm. who said that hypernasality was her number two podcast on Spotify last year. It was my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah. It, it didn't that's even awesome. Make, it, unfortunately, it didn't make my top five, but that's because I listened to everything pre-Spotify as I edit, you know? Yeah, that's so, true. That's but true. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got a couple messages from people saying, where's our next episode? <gasps> Um, sh- I think we shout like we, who? well we have our former student Christina mm-hmm. hi Christina, Christina. hi Christina yeah. student and turned friend stu- yeah turned uh, yes. clinical adjunct right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. friend and faculty mm-hmm. yeah who else have I heard from well Colleague. yeah um, I, I feel like at Ash I told a couple people oh I told our buddy Georgia about our podcast you, oh yeah i hope georgia listens <laughs> i wonder if georgia if you're listening nice to doing nice to amazing things yeah. yeah doing amazing things so i guess that leads us to like our shout outs our um and jeffrey of course is always listening hey jeffrey <laughs> oh you know who has a jeffrey ina garden has a jeffrey but that's her husband and okay. this is jeffrey my friend who has a husband that i married him hi, hi jeffrey friend yeah so um but we will this season be a little bit more focused in our topics we'll get to that later at that mm-hmm. end, end of the show yeah. Yeah. but let's i think we got to talk about the big elephant in the room the big the big a the big a the big a <laughs> for asha 2021 in washington Convention. washington dc November 2021, 5,000 speech language pathologists and audiologists. A little paring down. Yeah, invaded the Mm -hmm. convention center, down from 15,000. 
Usually mm -hmm. the convention gets a lot more people and everybody was masked. So let's get that right out there. That it was, was good. weird. Good, good adherence. It was good adherence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. were no like Texas SLPs, like my choice. <laughs> there was this one girl in one of my talks with her mask not done correctly. And mm -hmm. I was really irritated by it, but I just let it go. I think yeah. I think if you're giving a talk, you should be allowed to take the mask off because mm -hmm. you're at least yeah. feet from people. But I guess I think, did that happen actually? I think it may have it been did. permitted. You know yeah. what? I think a I don't even notice like who's got it on and off anymore though. Like I'll go places and I'm like, did I have my mask on? Did they have their mask on? Like I stopped. Mm -hmm. I think the, I think Oh my God. There are times I, I walk into a place and I'm like, why is everybody staring at me? I'm like, oh my God, my mask is not on. It's like the new, <laughs> I forgot to wear pants dream, right? Exactly. Exactly. I have a rule. <laughs> and DC, the city itself was like, yes. really, their yes, masking I mandates think they were, were high. They were planning on lifting it like the week after. I didn't follow up, but I had happened to see something like they're the, because they're one of the only holdouts in terms of having mandates still mm -hmm. at this point. Absolutely. So, yeah. But it was definitely everywhere in the city, the signage mm -hmm. and the adherence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So aside from that part and uh, and the virtual posters, I guess we'll get to that. But how would you think of Asha? What'd you think of it? Well, there was one really upsetting thing. Oh, no. And I'm not sure if you realized, but um, there was something missing other than the people from the Asha convention. And it was the super duper bags was not one super duper bag oh where my goodness were the super duper bags like you, why yeah. did i go <laughs> i love those super duper bags did you for, go to asha if you didn't get a super duper bag i mean like, i actually got an asha store bag because i was like i need a bag and i, I went know. to the asha store i'm like can i have one of those orange bags i wanted it to match my outfit mm -hmm. and they're like um i'm like are those free and they just gave me one so can you imagine though like what a what mm -hmm. a this is the first asha i've ever gone to where i didn't come home with at least two of those i know well i actually i hate those super duper bags they're too big but i like them at the convention because when you go to a restaurant and their tables are full of super duper you, you go to a different restaurant yeah or you go exactly. to a different table you know <laughs> But it's so funny. It's like an the icon of the convention because like Absolutely. I remember even like my first Asha, like we knew we had like somehow we knew that we had to get the super duper bag. Like it was part of like your indoctrination into the field. I like to use them for bringing food to other people's houses or That's a great idea. Like, bringing things to my children's school. And I don't care if I get the bag back. You That's know what I mean? It's I mean, great. that's redu mm -hmm. that's reusing. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, that was it, unfortunate. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to try and remember, because if that bag is wasn't so ostentatious, I think it would be a great beach bag. Uh, our friend does that. She told me that she takes the, that as a beach bag with her children to the beach. I mean, it's got, mm -hmm. it's got room for everything. They're durable. They're water resistant. You can like rinse it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's then at the hideous. end of the season, you, yeah. And for me, I take like a subway or a bus or a boat to the beach. So <laughs> I actually scored a bag this summer on my second sojourn to Provincetown. Mm -hmm. It's a red, it was in one of the fanciest stores and it was only $20. So I'm like, I'm getting this. Is it like a canvas tote? It's a red canvas tote. It fits mm -hmm. my chair, my towel, my lunch bag. Oh, it's bag. a big one. 
Yeah. It's, it's, I'm staring at it right here. It's gorgeous. It's so good. It's got a rope handle. It's like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's like, I have the big LLB tote Mm -hmm. because I'm a main lady. So there you go. I have that. Yeah. But anyway, so that was unfortunate, but I was let out of the house for the first time in a whole pandemic Mm -hmm. to sleep away. So that was really fun. Got to go somewhere. Mm hmm. And we saw at that place instead. (laughs) (laughs) We saw each other a lot. A lot. Yeah. Who was I talking to that said they talked to you on Friday morning of the convention and said that you maybe had a few too many drinks the night before? (gasps) Who was it? Was it it you? No, maybe you were in a shoe meeting with Dawn. The oh, de- I was. Yeah. In Senate. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, Karen looked like she had fun at the convention. Well, we, so we met up with a bunch of voice people. Okay. Like big timers. And we, they were like, just like buying rounds. So ah, we were well, like hanging out. And like, it was like, a, it was like pretty fun. It was a lot of fun. But yeah. it was like really, it was neat because we were like hanging with all the science, the funded scientists, you know, like yeah. usually I'm with the clinicians. So it was like a little bit different, but it was fun. And they were buying rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds. And Everybody I was like, was all right, so YOLO. Happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I have, uh, I, my, I had a nice, uh, time with, uh, my advisor from my PhD program. She got her ASHA honors. So that that was was really exciting. It was really cool. And everybody was planning a big thing, but not a lot of people were there. So when I texted her, I'm like, Hey, Shelly, I'm here. Can't wait. Is there a party? She's like, come sit at the table with us. I'm so glad you're here. And I got to meet her new doc student. She's like, I want you to meet our new doc student, RJ. And who's like the Anthony Jr. of the the chill lab. (laughs) And you got to meet him him too. And it just (laughs) makes sense. I was like, does Shelly have a type? Because it just makes sense. And he was such fun and Delightful. so cool and Delightful. I'm excited for him I think he's gonna do really cool stuff yeah, yeah I'm excited so I'll send a note to him make sure he listens to the podcast yes we yeah. can have him on as a guest we could yeah. add, we could do a little feature because when wants. I I'm yeah. sure he'd want because when we got to the bar I was like I'm buying this guy drinks because I remember when I was a doc student people would buy drinks because you're like I have yeah, seven dollars you, you know come. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I like that idea of paying it forward. So it was good. For sure. Yeah. yeah. He was like, he was good company. Definitely. And of course, the uh, who was the big winner of the Annie Glenn Award this year? Oh, it was so stressful. <laughs> Captain Sully Sullenberger. Yeah. Oh, man. Shout is out Sullenberg to Sully. Sullenberg or Sullenberg? Is it Sullenberg? And I uh, said Sullenberg. or Sullenberger. Um, I'm not sure. Well, uh, you know, every year Asha has at the award ceremony a uh, celebrity. And the Sully was the celebrity because he is Sullenberger. Sullenberger. Yeah. Yeah. And I he he is a stutter, a person who stutters. And Mm -hmm. when our president got some flack about stuttering, he wrote a beautiful response. And then I loved what he said at the um award ceremony it was a really great speech it's clear that he's doing lots of public engagements because Mm -hmm. even his delivery was just like so engaging and I think I said to you um it felt almost like he's revving up for some political engagement because of the topics he talked about and stuff like it was was delivered in such a way that like but what a cool thing you know disclosing that he stutters and like and then delivering this like presentation the, the way that he did like what a wonderful wonderful 
point of advocacy that I thought that was great. The video they showed of the like <laughs> mishmash of news clips and like also the Tom Hanks movie and the plane going down was like a little much for me. Yeah. <laughs> It was stressful. I remember you. Yeah, they were showing that. And it's like they showed actual footage and then movie footage. Mm -hmm. They put it together to really build Mm -hmm. up some uh, tension. Yeah, Yeah. they did a good job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they certainly did. They certainly did. I I I just adored that and I thought it, it was, was great. Fantastic. And I love the awards. It's always like I think I said to you, I like cry. I love I like a, a tear, like mm-hmm. watching people like this is your life, reflecting yeah. on their professional career. Yes. Like, what a special thing for all those people, you know? And it really like, is yeah, amazing. It like, is. You, you go your whole career and you work so hard to get the recognition in that way. It's like, what more could you want, you know? Absolutely. It's like um, hearing these, all these great stories and all this great work and all these yes. beautiful things that people are doing. And, yeah. and it's just, it's just really great work. Yeah. Amazing things. Like, yeah. and just good people, like just, it was, it was really nice. It, it makes mm. you proud of the profession and, you know, like mm. all of those things. It, it was, it was a nice event. It was. And, and you a, were featured in the slideshow. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. I got, a, <laughs> I, I, got I was like, I was like, up oh, there's my picture. Yes. And that was, I think, three of us. A lab or, party. Yeah. Yeah. It was like maybe the first group of uh, doc students that Shelly graduated. So it was that's good. Awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. And we had a nice dinner afterwards. It was good. That's great. Um, and what else? So any good uh, sessions? Did you go to any good? What was your favorite I, session that you uh, went to? I went to, it's kind of like serious, but I went to, it's very serious, actually. I went to my first talk of the convention was on, here, I'll tell I'm going to like not say the right title. Mm-hmm. I walked in, I'll, as I'm pulling it up, I'll tell you. So I walk in and I go to sit down and I look over to my left and who's there, but like one of the most influential professors I had in my master's program, Dr. O'Neill. So I like sat down next to her. It was like the first talk and we got to like hang out and like catch up. And it was so nice. Like, I love when that happens. That actually mm-hmm. went into somebody so special to you. It was like, it was fantastic. So I got to do that. And uh, here I love, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Asha is bumping into all the people that you know yeah. and the, the work that you're reading. And it's yeah. really nice. Yeah. It was so nice. And like, she's so this particular professor, Dr. O'Neill Parazzi, she's at Northeastern. She, um, she had a, she's a brain injury person, but she had this program for um, literacy, actually, for early childhood literacy and health related literacy skills. Um, in, and we had a homeless shelter near Northeastern in the YMCA. And we'd mm-hmm. go there and we ran this literacy program with the moms and the kids. And so she invited my friend and I to like do our first ASHA presentation in like 2008 when we were, wow. we were still undergrads. And then we submitted as undergrads, but then we would be first year students when we were going to present. And it was like, it taught me like what ASHA was, like how to submit, how to prepare for a professional presentation, like so many things like this lady like gave me from doing mm-hmm. all that and then I'm like at Asha sitting with her it was so nice it oh, was that's like really great. yeah that's really a good full and circle I, I gushed moment. to her and I said it all to her I made sure she knew that she like mm-hmm. changed it all you know so oh, it was and a that's treat. so great for her to hear I'm sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know you work so hard as an instructor and like a researcher and all that but like you know really she's she's amazing so that was awesome but the talk that we were at was 
experiences of microaggressions and symbolic violence by underrepresented students in CSD programs. And wow, that is. It dense. was. It was real. I mean, it was the first talk, but there's um. Um, I, there's a uh, okay so asha has a multicultural issues board um mm-hmm. that um they conducted some surveys to students to like ask students about their experiences in csd programs and so they were presenting on that data but it was also just sort of it was based also in discussion so there was like a breakout workshop where like all the people attending kind of broke out into little groups and talked about different scenarios and like how they would maybe respond to those scenarios after they went through all the data and some of the suggestions. So um, it was, it was helpful for me, um, especially as a white Karen (laughs) to to sit in and hear some of those things. Mm Because there's so much that, you know, I've had situations where I'm like, why aren't the students telling me this is happening? And it's like, oh, because like, they don't know that you're an ally or like Mm -hmm. there's no structures in place in your program to actually encourage them to disclose when these types of things happen you know or that it's actually work in addition to coping with the fact that they're experiencing these things to then seek you out and set up a meeting and everything else so they had some really great tips on like what what programs can do to establish better avenues for students to disclose challenges or bias that they're experiencing and um, it was really good I think we have some really good tools in our hands and I've already knocked on the chair's door. Oh, good. Excellent. Coming for next year, hopefully. I'm looking forward to that. I like to see, I like when we see implementing changes that are- And super attainable things Mm -hmm. that can really make a difference. So that that was a really nice talk. Look at you. Yeah. Lifelong Mm -hmm. learner. Look at at you. (laughs) Lifelong learner and turning that to your program. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's an emergency. That stuff needs to get taken care of. Absolutely. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had a session that I, I went to on, uh, how to be a legal, uh, an expert witness. Oh, oh yes. yeah. We talked about that briefly. So what did you get? Yeah. What were your takeaways? So it was interesting to hear. I, the biggest takeaway I learned is that there's a difference between being a, um, expert witness versus a fact witness. So, and that's the distinction there. So like, let's say somebody wants to engage in a lawsuit and you were the one who did the evaluation and wrote the report and you get subpoenaed, that Mm -hmm. makes you a fact witness. A fact witness, right. So you just have to make witness to the facts in the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But as an expert witness, just like anything else you do, you have to have the demonstrated expertise in that area. Um, So for example, um, and and then, uh, and so for example, someone contacts me and says, I have a adult cognitive rehab case that we'd like you to do an evaluation and testify as an expert witness. I would never do that. That's something that I might give to you. You would call me and invite me to do it. Absolutely. And one of the things (laughs) and vice versa. And vice versa. And one of the things that you want to do right at the onset is make sure that there's like a a contract, a legal agreement, and that you build your rate in because these Mm -hmm. can go from like two hours to 22 hours of your life. And you want to make sure as an expert witness, you get compensated appropriately. But as a fact witness, you can't get paid for that. No, because you're just, yeah, exactly. You're just really reporting on the history of the case Mm -hmm. and how you were directly involved with the the case, right? Correct, correct. So I have a question. Did they talk about rates? uh, They said that you want to... 
they didn't have a specific guideline for rates, but I mm -hmm. think that if you have a standard rate that you, um, they actually did. They said some things that you have to do cost more time than others. So maybe the actual time spent on the diagnostic mm -hmm. would be at a different rate than the time spent in court. But I, for me in my own practice, I have a flat rate I charge for everything. So like by the yeah, hour, by the uh, hour, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say that the the writing of the report is much more involved, mm -hmm. um, and the like the the giving a little more history and explanation of the test, the nature of the test you're delivering and all that. It's like it's a little bit more in depth. It's actually more like you know when you're training in clinic and in the clinic in grad school, mm -hmm. and like you have to almost write so you're writing like a full explanation of the test procedures and methods and like what the test is used for in that like intro paragraph to the section. It's like very much like that. So anyway, Absolutely. what I was getting at the time. The time for like the actual documentation and reporting is definitely more than like in a regular mm -hmm. case. So if you ever are doing it, you definitely want to like mm -hmm. charge for yeah, that, like what absolutely. you think costs some for that. Mm -hmm. And they even said, and they said like, you have to, I mean, when you, when you have that kind of report, it ends up being submissible evidence and both sides read it. And it's, so you yeah. want to make sure it's written clearly and lawyers will, um, you know, take up, take apart things. For example, you want to be very clear with your language, but if you say something like there were more errors on X, mm -hmm. you have to be clear, more errors than an average person, more errors mm -hmm. for this person. Like they'll take one word that seems pretty um, easy to understand and further dissect it. So you and really have to, it. yeah. Yeah. So you yeah, really I have also to be very clear. have like cite, like you cite other, like for in your, then you give a rationale for like what you're interpreting and like you, mm -hmm. you cite certain things. Like it's like, it's just, it's so much more in depth than like a clinical. Absolutely. So I learned fun yeah. to do. Yeah. I um I I I learned I went there to get the basics. There's two researchers that have a lot of work in that and mm -hmm. they have a book. Who was um, it? Do you um I'd have to look I'd have to mm -hmm. look it up on the app. I think they were mm -hmm. from I think I, I don't had want to guess too. Uh, Virginia or something. But um, I know like some of the swallow people like that that I follow, I've seen on their different like websites and things that they, they have like expert witness listed. So I think once you become advanced in your area and have that expertise, like it, it's a great, if you're comfortable doing it, it's a great stretch mm -hmm. of the muscles, you know? Yep. I think, oh, and this was really interesting. So the names of the, well, this was really interesting. They talked about, because I know our profession's talking a lot about interprofessional education and interprofessional practice. And mm -hmm. they said one of the areas that we need to extend our IP is with attorneys. And so the same four tenants that we use for IPE in healthcare, you know, mm -hmm. values and ethics, communication, roles and responsibilities, teams and teamwork, you need to lay those out when you're working with an attorney. So you know, the scope of practice of the attorney. So you have mm -hmm. the ethical and values based information mm -hmm. out there, you have clear communication, you're working as a team, um, and you are uh, engaging, you're staying within your scope of practice. So did they give any um, like suggestions for like red flags or when not to 
Like, did they talk at all about reasons to not engage in the case? Like, like um, what your boundaries should be? They all? didn't. They didn't set it up. They they postured that as having to do with your scope of practice mm -hmm. and really getting that contract um, clear about what the expectation is. And yeah. one of the participants talked about how she had gotten called into a case, but really didn't have any information about it. And mm -hmm. um, you know, hindsight, she's like, now I know I would have asked for. Uh, details in writing before before committing to that um the I presenters say. were brenda seal at james madison university and lisa power defure at longwood university so okay. if anybody wants to check them out that i probably will never i'll probably get the book and never read it but i like to is there, <laughs> maybe, is there an audiobook version maybe i'm too yeah. busy i'm too I'm busy turning my light on i'm <laughs> I'm too busy with podcasts right now, so mm. which we could talk about, but <gasps> I have a pressing question for you what? at ASHA, and I'm going to start doing this every year. Okay. Every year, I think we should each go to a talk in our own, like uh, you and me, you take me to the talk like that you really want to go to, and I take you to the talk that I really want to go to, because yes. I went to many talks this year that weren't in my scope of practice like no yeah. i don't want to say scope of practice that weren't in my yeah, like in your don't, your yeah. area and yeah. i learned so much more than the ones that i went to in my area so mm -hmm. was there any talk out of your area that you went to not really no. shamefully not really no i have a certain amount of um ceus that i have to do in swallowing to maintain my specialization uh, so i use conferences like that to really load up on the, the synchronous mm -hmm. live CEU. So I didn't, but I agree with you completely. And I think to be innovative as a clinician and a researcher crossing crossing the aisle 100%. is like so critical to mm -hmm. like extrapolate ideas and things, definitely. Yeah, you even know? though we're all in the one field, it's like if I go to a, a study and I'm like, oh, I like the way they assess that, that's something that I could incorporate into my own work. We could do the same mm -hmm. thing. Um, I I was I went to a talk on dysarthria. Shout out to my friend Katie Lansford. She had an invited talk, and awesome. I went to it. And um, she does speech perception work. And I came mm -hmm. up with some ideas for language perception with kids that I'm going to adapt yeah. from what she did. So that's really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. So note to note to our listeners next year's debrief. Well, we'll have a lot to say because it's also so in New Orleans. Oh, no. I'm so excited. I have to start thinking of what I have an idea for the talk that I want to give. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give a talk next year. Not just I'm giving a talk. I'm reporting out. I'll say it here now. I'm reporting out year two results for Project yes. Wild, which I am very excited about. We have it underway. That's I'll be there. Part of, the, part of the reason why we were on hiatus. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. So that's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what about uh favorite session? You didn't go in. Yeah, I think we covered it. What did you think of the exhibit? Uh, what did you think of the poster sessions? I had three virtual posters. Okay. I think it worked. I think it's a viable technology. <laughs> and mm -hmm. like you can use it. The shortcoming was it, you know how like you go to the poster hall and you're just like striding on through and like you happen upon somebody, you know, or like 
there all the posters are kind of clustered together on a certain topic so you can end up kind of like walking down the lane and talking to a bunch of people that are doing all different things related to a certain area this like individual pop into a chat zoomy thing and pop out kind of got rid of that like the the essence of the poster exhibit you know I agree that was what I felt sad about like Mm -hmm not not getting to just like chat with people mm-hmm. who aren't sort of like coming on purpose because that's what they scheduled at that time kind of right thing. i uh you know it's also a little lonely is when you are hosting your virtual poster <laughs> session in your hotel room because you can't find a quiet place in the convention hall yeah and no and, one shows and up you're too loud i went to the like poster like you went to one of them like one of the rooms where you could like present and it's yes. like these little like fake partitions between the tables i'm like i'm from jersey guys like i'm loud like i can't do this while other people are presenting i'm gonna ruin their time mm-hmm. so i gotta leave here goodbye <laughs> i ended up well it's funny you so say I went that to the hotel room yeah I did my first poster in the hotel room Mm -hmm. and then my collaborator on the second poster showed up to that. So I did have one person show up um, and my, and then she and I had a poster on Friday and we sat in the partitions and I looked around and I ended up seeing some colleagues I knew at another computer. So we had an exchange that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like afraid someone was going to be doing a really technical poster and I'm like, Mm -hmm. like next to them. So I went went to hide, but I, we also had some low attendance too. And I think when you're in the big exhibit, like it just by nature of walking around the place, like you're going to have people coming that didn't, you know, like I, the attendance was low just because it was so deliberate if you Mm -hmm. were going to go to the poster or not, you know? Yeah. I think also, uh, like they called it a hybrid convention, but the posters were really designed only for remote. And so I put that in my feedback form, like the hybrid part of it, like Mm -hmm. it was the hybrid part. If you were remote only, you probably had a really good experience. But if you're Mm -hmm. at the convention, there should have been like something that like maybe put posters at the same time, clump them all together in one morning, something to make it so there is that interaction. But I loved the display of the posters. I love just scrolling through that, the visually uh, clicking ones that looked interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was fine. Like it was a, it's a good tool for that purpose. I think Mm -hmm. that the, even though it's like using another team's like version of zoom, whatever, it was good. Like it was, it worked. But it's interesting what you say, like, I wonder if there's a way that they could have had actually had the poster exhibit and then done something to, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, maybe have like a question and answer hall or something for those people or that like are if present. You it 60 minutes instead of 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you do, you're like booked for a 30 minute online Q&A mm-hmm. instead of like a 90 minute virtual, like we do have like an hour in person and an hour online or something Mm -hmm. like that you know I don't know um, I do like that they're recorded and you could watch the poster in 10 minutes. Yeah. And most of the time you don't really have that many questions, but mm-hmm. you can contact the people. I did another virtual conference where the poster had like a discussion board and that you had to check that every day, but that was fun. Cause then you could respond to the questions and yeah. have some sort of interaction and know that I was doing some of the virtual stuff. Like while I was like making the kids lunches in the morning and stuff that week mm-hmm. too, like I was like things that I just wanted to 
I was like popping on to certain things Absolutely. like the posters too. So that yeah. for the convenience of that, it's yeah. nice. And for cost purposes, I, and of course the pandemic, like I know mm-hmm. that it makes sense for that, but it, it's also a lot less costly to attend online if you're not going to get support absolutely job or things like that and you still want to engage in the convention however i do have this little tiny itch of a concern that like like i don't think we should ever move away from having these in-person no, engagements think, yeah you know like it does not like we need to continue to have like yeah. scientific conferencing absolutely that, like, with togetherness you know? yeah i think all of the the uh, conference that it has a cognitive component but it also has a social component and totally those are very related yeah so and i mean the networking and meeting people it's really yeah. important bumped into a colleague i want to do another shout i have two more shout outs regarding okay. asha i okay. bumped into a colleague katie cabbage in case she listens um and she's a doc she she and i were doc students around the same time in a similar area saw each other big hug catching up talking and so we sat down and i said how are you doing and the first thing she says she's like i really love what we do and I was like, wow. wow, I don't know why, but I needed to hear that from her because she does such great work. She's at a university teaching and she just elaborated on that. And it was kind of like going back to the in-person convention, that social part, like I needed to hear it. And it was a good boost for me. And every yeah. time I do work th- since then, I'm like, I do like what we do. I do right. like what I'm doing. And so it was mm-hmm. like reinforcing that. So there's, mm-hmm. so shout out to Katie for lifting my spirits. See, it's so and good. then I met, in the the convention co-chair who's going to be co-chairing not 2022 but 2023 mm-hmm. kelly farquasan and mm-hmm. she's also pretty famous and um has a great instagram if you want to learn about our tick she's your person to go to um but i had i did a pitch in the bar saying like has there ever been a stand-up comedian speech pathologist that warmed up the crowd at Asha convention opening ceremony? I feel like it's a must. And so she's like, no, I'm like, well, let me tell you, if I was asked to do it, what my first joke would be. And I told her and who she was with. <laughs> and well, of course they were rolling, rolling, rolling. I'm like, bring it back to the bosses. Let me know what you think. I oh will my God. You. And they're like, don't call us. We'll call yeah. Us. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I the feel first, like it makes so much sense. I, I, love I it. mean, I want to get a, a gig in front of a couple thousand people would be Listen, nice. There's been some like itchy bogus stuff that's yeah. going on at those events, like weird acapella groups, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather see if an SLP, one of my own doing stand up. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I, the first thing I said, I'm like, it will be a clean set it will be a clean mm-hmm. positive set it is not mm-hmm. you know we're not making fun of anybody would you be nervous like i would be nervous oh my god going I, up in front of all the slps i so i actually found i get tough nervous crowd, anytime I, I get nervous anytime i get on stage so it's, yeah. it is nerve-wracking i went to an open mic in dc the wednesday night we got there i found some random mic in some random bars like the third floor back room like I will never see any of those people again. I will like probably never go back to that place. And I still have butterflies in my stomach. Really? You no, know? yeah. Yeah, so, I know. Because yeah. you're like really putting yourself out there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it's good. I like the nerves. I think that's part of the reason but why. But you bring I do up that. a great point, like going in a city that you don't live in, 
like I, there's like it, the stakes are low like mm-hmm. you could just go crazy <laughs> right right and for that one i dragged some colleagues to that and mm-hmm. so they're like wait there's real audience here i'm like yeah i got an extra minute for each one of them okay so oh my God. It's so funny <laughs> it was fun it was fun <laughs> let's get to some pop culture what are you watching okay. or listening to Ooh, wait a minute i want to talk about what you told me you're listening to first uh you want to hear my about my my podcast that i'm obsessed with yeah because i'm obsessed with it too okay so i am obsessed with the story of theranos yes the company that thought they were going to get one little droplet of blood blood. to a device that would test you for hundreds of diseases Mm -hmm. sounds great every time i mention it to somebody like i want that i'm like it's It's not gonna happen the, the biomarker dream mm-hmm. the biomarker dream the technology wasn't there but elizabeth holmes disagreed from 19 and was able to finance millions of dollars to get this company going and like so millions millions millions, millions. millions. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. silicon valley and she mm-hmm. really I, I think it's a good story of face validity and how face validity is not enough at the face of it it it, to everybody she spoke to it sounded good Mm -hmm. except the medical people every medical person bowed out of that because they're like they know the deep validity. it's not possible it's not possible um or if it's not possible what is possible we could screen for 12 diseases Mm -hmm. in a prick of a finger but the accuracies whatever so the podcast is called the drop did they like do papers or anything yeah god no you know what I'm saying? No. Like, I'm like, you know, like nobody wanted to see feasibility. Nobody they wanted to see validity. I, the episode I just listened to, they're like, what they, uh, they had people from Walgreens meeting with her. Yes. And well, they that were was like, the one yeah. they like bought into it. Didn't Walgreens? Well, this guy didn't buy into it. it. The Walgreens. first guy, the Walgreens eventually mm-hmm. did buy into yeah. it. But the first guy that, that met with, he went to their lab. He's like, listen, I want us to take a sample of blood, get the results with your device, then go to this university lab right next door and have them run the test and compare results. We call Mm -hmm. that concurrent validity. Mm-hmm. Let's see if what the gold standard is, what the university is doing matches the new technology. And right. they got gaslit for that. And that's when the guy knew something was up. Well, they were like doing fake, fake results with the, like, a, like the actual, like they were pretending the results were coming from the machines that they made, but they were actually getting them from like a quest lab or that's something. Right. Weren't that's they? right. That's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm on the third or fourth episode, Rebecca Jarvis, ABC shout out. You're doing a great job with this podcast. So good. So I so actually good. listened to a different one. That's not the one that I did. Oh, tell me which one did you uh, listen to? I'm going to look, but while I'm looking, I'll tell you, I think she is so interesting. What's well, her name she's again? Elizabeth forget. Holmes. And I think that, I mean, she's got to be like, there's got to be some psychopathology there. Oh, well, okay. So like, first of all, I love her voice. Like this is, woman is a character. Like she if, if is. Nothing else. Like yeah. I, I'm obsessed with her. Um. Oh God, I don't. Maybe it was. I don't think it was the dropout though. It was like something else. And this was an ABC was News Theron, one. Theron? No. And no, I even put like a notification on my news app to like give me any article about it because for anybody that doesn't know right now, she Elizabeth Holmes she's and she's on there, she's on trial for fraud, securities Sunny. fraud, SEC. Sunny is her partner, 
and um, he is also on, he'll be on trial next. It's two separate trials. Maybe it is the dropout, but how long? No, it's not. I don't know. Oh, you'll have to find the one you're listening to. And it was like, it was like, a, it was like two years ago. It was like the oh. pandemic that I was listening to it. Anyway, do you think I kind of look like her a little bit? Like, I think I do. There could be some resemblance because, <laughs> but I'm so her, like crunchy I, blonde hair that she has. The blonde like, hair, but yeah. then she's all in black all the time with that deep I love voice. Her, like, yeah, she's like, actually, I'm wearing a Steve Jobs turtleneck. Mm-hmm. And um, I like, I don't know. I think she's so interesting. I know she's a fraud and like robbed people of money and whatever, but like what an interesting character. I mean, she had story. She had Bill Clinton on stage saying this is a woman who's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. She convinced a lot of people mm-hmm. of what she was doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It is. And there, I mean, there's it also is. people that were really negatively affected. If you listen to that podcast, there's like people that lost their livelihood. One, somebody lost their life over it. So mm-hmm. it's uh, mm-hmm. not because of the device, but because of psycho it's, psychological. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, then there's also, oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way that the work, the people that worked there were affected by all mm-hmm. of that, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and they, they had the whole thing locked up, right? Like they had the NDAs on everything. So like, yeah, all their not, employees yeah. Couldn't, couldn't actually do any whistleblowing. They were afraid to do anything because they had signed NDAs. And I mean, she you. recruited a lot of people from Apple mm-hmm. and one guy, he's like, I let go of like 50 something shares of Apple stock to mm-hmm. do that, like, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I, I think I ran the numbers. It's like over a million dollars he walked away from. That's, I mean, and this girl's 19. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know if I would listen to a 19 year old for directions to the Starbucks. I know. <laughs> I would. So I would. fast, so, mm-hmm. so fascinating. So that's so, what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you watching? Uh, I'm watching Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip. <laughs> what is a Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip? Tell us like, about okay. it. Okay, it's like if you had like one of those shows, like Survivor or Big Brother All Stars. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the all the heavy hitters, the OGs, if you OGs. will, of the housewives that like carry the franchises are like in our villa in Turks and Caicos for the week and you're like so it's just like all the big personalities from all the franchises together in one place and they're sort of bickering has anybody drinking too much and it's just like so entertaining I mean it sounds like my boys week in p-town it's like that (laughs) but it's like really rich ladies doing it instead who are like in their 40s and 50s right so but or in some in their 60s but it's like so funny mm-hmm. and lou is on it i know you know lou i love lou she reminds Mark, me of mary Pontus, you yeah. know so and i love her she's on it i love i don't know if you probably do you know melissa gorga from new jersey no no oh no. she like i love her she's from like down by tom's river like, wait she's not the one that flipped the table that's Teresa. Teresa, is she, she on it too. oh yeah. wow she out of jail already yeah no she's she's like She's doing good. Teresa's good. doing good. All so, right. I like so it anyway, here. I like to hear a turnaround. Turnaround. Teresa, story. she fixed it. Yeah. Teresa. Teresa. <laughs> Teresa. Tree, um, they call her. Tree. Anyway, so I'm enjoying that. It's like my little guilty pleasure. But the episodes, like they I started late. Like, you know, when you start something that's like already started and you have like a couple binge 
that mm-hmm. episodes that you could like binge but now I'm like caught up and I'm like waiting every week for the episodes to get ah. released and I, I like started at a clip and now I gotta like wait and I'm mm-hmm. a little sad about that well, I, my show that I'm in that with is right now Succession on my on HBO Go. You keep telling me I got to I do know. It, it mm-hmm. is it's like watching a, a train wreck of really 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 rich people. Mm-hmm. And a better um, train wreck. Yeah, and because my <laughs> sister and her girlfriend are back together, I feel okay using Olivia's HBO account. So okay. I'm thankful for that. And <laughs> so I caught up on Succession, so I get like a little notification every week. And Perfect. I also glad the to other have you back. Yeah, glad <laughs> to have me back um, oh what's her face is lovely can i use her hbo thank you because um, my sister called me she's like don't use olivia's hbo i'm like oh come on why <laughs> she's probably like you be your brother's using my hbo losers <laughs> oh my god so i also watched on their hacks with gene smart it's about us a woman who's a stand-up comedian and she that show is fantastic I'm going to, I think I might get into that this weekend. Yeah. I think it's 10 episode. It's really easy. Uh, they're, they're good. And it's funny. It's really funny. I, before we go, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to tell everybody what we have in store for yeah. season two. You want to, mm-hmm. we're going to do, we're everybody listen, we're doing things a little well, we're trying something new, you know, I'm trying something new. We're going to keep it. We're going to keep the, the, the podcasting about, speech therapy and pop culture but this season is our theme mm-hmm. is is for anybody but mostly graduate students mm-hmm. that are going to be on the job search get your job get yourself a job and so we're going to start yeah next episode <laughs> we're going to walk you through um and i got to tell you karen with a c knows mm-hmm. what to do <laughs> she knows what to do i have update i haven't looked at I for think a job i know yeah I haven't looked for a job in a while, so it's There's nice to hear that. There's nothing more fun than mm-hmm. getting the call. So you yep. want to, if you're a competitive person, you love this stuff. So yep. we, will, we will give you all the inside tips. And it's overwhelming for somebody who's never had to apply for like mm-hmm. a real full-time job with benefits. So we're going to yeah. start with how do you search for a job? What do you do for your resume and cover letter? How to market yourself? What's your yeah. elevator pitch versus your extended pitch? Mm-hmm. Preparing What's for the brand? interview. What's your brand? Mm-hmm. How to um, find an interview? Do you to send the thank you card or to mm-hmm. not send the thank you card? Don't answer. Mm-hmm. And um, then what happens to when you get the offer? What if you get more than one offer? Do mm-hmm. I accept the job? How do I negotiate terms? What's the mm-hmm. salary like? So we're going to talk about all of this in season two, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So get ready. We're going to get you your job. We are. We are. Well, <laughs> we are not on the hook to do that, actually. Yeah. Just kidding. So just, we'll yeah, give you just, all the tools and you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a good time to friendly remind this is not evidence-based. Not evidence-based. So we'll give you some ideas, but you 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 have to do the legwork on, on it. Yeah. Sorry. But uh, there's enough resources out there. And I mean, preview, there is a lot, there are a lot of jobs out there. So there mm-hmm. is opportunity. We're in a good profession mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. And right now there's a lot of shifting and shaking going mm-hmm. on. So and mm-hmm. I'm excited for new graduates. They're entering a new realm of everything. And I a think it's great. A whole new world. <laughs> That's where we'll be. Will be <laughs> a wondrous place oh, for you, you and me. 
Wow. I don't know if that sounded good or not, but I loved it. I loved it. Oh my God. What a good note to end on. On that so note, on that questionable, note, like sharp, flat note. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't hit a note with a bat. So I'm sorry if I threw off your harmony. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I do like to take the harmony. I take sports. Yeah. My cousin laughs at me because when we sing together, I like to take the harmony. Well, I think Fun. maybe we should work on that for the next Asha or yeah. whatever. If there's a karaoke machine that we bring. Oh, and listen, that that's a goal. I have that's, like a yeah. fantasy of doing karaoke with all the people from Mark. Do you think about this sometimes? I'm like, I want to show the Dean <laughs> my skills. I want to, um, <laughs> offline, I want to have a list of every faculty member, what song you would sing with them. Oh my but God, I don't that's want really good. No, we won't do it here, that's but I've thought about now. some of this before. We'll yeah. share mm -hmm. the songs. How about that? Mm -hmm. We'll share the songs on that. Yeah. Let me uh, yeah. make a note in our yeah. Faculty karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> our... <laughs> Oh my God. We have a doc guys. So if you have ideas, send it to us, but I think we're doing good filling the time. And on that note, I got to say on that note, pun intended, we got to go, but Karen, as always, it's a pleasure. Always Welcome a back pleasure. to hypernasality two. Welcome back to season two. Season two, everybody. And remember this, this is, not is not evidence based. based. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.